0: All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite casual Hoya Georgetown basketball podcast. I'm Bobby Bancroft. I'm here with Ben Standick. I'm here with Marcus Washington. And we are coming to you live on tape delay after Georgetown demolished Creighton to win a program and Big East record eighth men's tournament championship. This game was never a game, guys. Uh, Georgetown 73, Creighton 48, I I have a lot of dreams. This is not a dream I even had. I just wanted to get to Friday and the fact that we are coming to everybody, millions of listeners to Kente Corner after Patrick Ewing, Dante Harris. I mean, you can name all the players. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Georgetown gets it done, picked 11th. They won the whole fucking thing. Ben, what's up?
1: Uh
2: yeah you, your 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 excitement level is what is up and that is fantastic cuz you had to slog through a lot of uh terrible games this year so very happy for you uh as the guy who's been providing all the uh hoya podcast covers all year hopefully everybody appreciates that um i mean so i was watching it um i was in doing you know it was on and i was doing stuff um for work while it was on and at one point i I, I had to put put it on mute and, and I was doing something and then I looked up and it was at that point when Blair, I want to say, hit like back-to-back threes to, to give Georgetown, like I think it was like a six-point lead at that point. And I was like, oh, okay, because in the beginning, you know, Creighton's up a little bit. And I'm like, okay, you know, here we go, Georgetown's up. And then all of a sudden it went from that to, wait, they're up 18 at halftime? And then it just kept going. It was – um. It was crazy, uh, just the momentum. I mean, we I think I said this yesterday, like confidence is a good thing. And you could just see that they were the, you know, I mean, not that Creighton wouldn't be confident, but George Jones is obviously off the charts uh, across the board. Uh, so many guys, you know, it it just felt like every shot was going to go in Every every defense defensively they were everywhere. Uh, it was, it was quite the uh, performance.
0: Marcus, I can't believe we weren't there. What did you do in anticipation of this big game, and what were your feelings, good or bad, coming into the contest?
1: I actually had a lot of confidence in them because I just felt like Creighton was a perfect match for them. I just didn't see that they would play Creighton this this well defensively. They jumped over top of screens. They ran Creighton off of the line. You can see Creighton never got into a floater or everything. They did a great job. Donald Carey did a great job on, on ballot today. I mean, it's almost overwhelming. Did I think they would win? Yes. Did I think in this sort of fashion? Absolutely, positively not. And, you know, in preparation for the game, 6.30, you know, it should be easy enough to get to. But I'm telling you right now, probably when it started getting about 4 o'clock, I was like, why can't this game start right now?
0: So since it's Kente Corner, you guys have been on so much. I can't do these podcasts without – without everyone else coming on and you guys have been really great but let's let's get a little selfish for me for me I just kind of had to it was just the longest the longest slog of a day to get to 6:30 you know um I came up with things to do playing soccer and every sport imaginable with my son in the front yard when he took a nap which by the way thank god he still does that is when that goes away I'm going to really struggle so he takes a nap <laughs> I go out and I just start, I haven't shot a basketball in months, but you know, my, my 35 and over league didn't play. We were the defending champions, by the way. Okay. So I hadn't shot a ball in for a while, you know, then I was like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take a drive. I hadn't left my house in a couple of days. I took a drive. Then I came back and said, you know, Hey, Kim, what are, what are we going to get for for uh, dinner? Okay. I'll go pick dinner up. You know? And it's just like, I was just like, come on, we got, we got, we got to get here. We got to get here. And I thought to myself for, As for as much as you look forward to these things, and this one is just completely out of nowhere, which over time, you're going to get some of those that the whole, you know, the NCAA tournament part of this, which now Georgetown, okay, Georgetown's in the NCAA tournament. We know that. um, That never to me has been a concern, right? To me, it was just about doing something this week, get to Friday. And the fact that they've done so much more, it's almost like all those years where they underperformed and this is a year out of nowhere. I feel like Georgetown, I feel like Georgetown's absolutely owed this, you know, it's not the same kids. Ewing wasn't the coach. I feel like they're owed this a little bit. If you want to say that there's some sort of karma in the whole sports world, whatever. Um, And I feel like, I feel like there's, there's a real good chance that we get blindsided with like a sweet 16 appearance. Like I said, the NCAA tournament to me is just this abstract thing that I mean, Good God, hanging a Biggie banner is such a big deal. But now it's like, well, they still have more games. And I hope to God they're not in the play-in game. I think that would just be total BS. Um,
2: yeah, I'm with you on, on on the not the play-in game part. I mean, regardless of Georgetown, my take for the NCAA tournament, and as I've stated before, I'm barely watching college basketball anymore because I don't know the sport, but – my, in general, I, my my take has been beyond say Gonzaga, maybe one or you know one or two other teams at to the tippy top. I refuse to say there will be any real upsets in the tournament this year. Yes, though you know if the Patriot League team beats you know an ACC two seed, okay, sure. But you know what I mean? Like th- this year is so weird because of all the things that are happening. I don't. Even, I really don't think there'll be uh, for me there won't be really an upset, and 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 that is about. Like I just I think any, anything is not to sound like Kevin Garnett, but I really do think like this isn't an anything is possible tournament. So yeah, I mean, look, Georgetown could come out and and lay an egg, or maybe they're facing an opponent that just for whatever reason gives them a bad a bad matchup. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, with, without having no idea who they could possibly play at this point, uh, without any idea who they could play, w- why not them? I mean, they're, they're 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 obviously playing very well, but this is also like I said, a year where I I, I don't buy. That there's going to be any you know great teams because they're just not. I, sorry, people. I don't care what the receipts are. This is a weird year, and college basketball is not um, you know not what it was.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I totally agree. It's a weird year, and everything's different. But I will say that what Georgetown did is definitely an upset. I mean, I don't know if you're on the Post Navy pod, but it was a pretty grim place at Kente Corner at that time because Navy actually kind of dominated them. Like Navy well, seemed yeah, like they.
2: But that was a long time ago. At this point, I mean Georgetown. Yeah. What's their record now in the last
0: twelve? Right, right. No, I know, but I'm just saying. Like, there was an upset level to this. But Marcus, so you're you're the one of us right now that's currently coaching. You just recently completed a high school season Uh, in Northern Virginia. Currently sober. I I (laughs) haven't had anything. I'm about Uh, to open up my fourth post game code red in a row. I'm going to have some stuff later, but this
2: this explains it a lot right now. The fourth Mountain Dew, got it. Okay, keep going.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I said it's the fourth night in a row. I've had a celebratory. Code red. I have a. I have a. I, look, I've got this whole system down, man. I drink a normal Mountain Dew during the game, and then I'd have a a code red afterwards to get me through. And you know, there's you have to have some something in you to you know go through. I think after the first night, I went through every Georgetown box score in Biggie's tournament history, right? So like something has to get you to that point, and I don't drink coffee. Okay, so anyway, so Marcus, it, it's not just that Georgetown won four games in a row. What they did tonight, I know I texted you during the game. I mean, just dismantling a Creighton team, and I know me and you like what Greg McDermott does on the court, which is, I want to clarify that, okay? Um, I felt like, you know, Creighton came out, Georgetown had a, a slow start, which they're unfortunately famous for, and then it's like they just punched him in the mouth. Javon Blair was just banking in threes from half court, throwing up stuff in the lane, and it seemed to me like Creighton just completely wilted. Is that what you saw?
1: Yeah, and I thought it was Georgetown's defense. Creighton didn't seem to have a plan B after a while. Georgetown was running them off the line, running them into help, and it's so funny that you brought up the Navy game because that's the reason why Navy beat them was that they were not running the right guys off the line and they were never in help. And then today, they're running guys off the line, they're in perfect help position, Creighton's the, the shot clock is constantly going down, The wrong guy has it in the wrong spot on the court. And you saw a lot of panic. And I was surprised that you didn't see a lot of um, adjustment from McDermott. I don't know if Bishop uh, was that that hampered after the early injury. But, you know, just things fell apart. And I don't know if you remember, but in that victory that Creighton had earlier, I mean, Bishop was such a a big part of that. And I just thought that Creighton just didn't know where to go when – Georgetown was motivated on the defensive end of the court and kind of took away from their penetration and kick game. And this is the Georgetown with all the length that they have that you almost have been waiting to see. Like, oh, we have this link. We should be able to run guys into help. We have nine thousand seven footers on a roster. We should be able <laughs> to protect the realm. And now finally, you're starting to see that. They won the Big East tournament because what they did on the defensive end of the floor, and that's why Georgetown fans through and through should be kind of bullish going into the NCAA tournament because, as Ben has mentioned, this has been such an
0: unconventional year. Did you hear what Steve Lavin that... said? Did you guys hear what Steve Lavin said? He said yeah, like right? He said that they could give Gonzaga oh, yeah. a game right now. They play like yes. this. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm honestly that's kind of what I'm. I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, this isn't I, again. I, I think this is the person who's barely watching college basketball, but I mean, I know enough that like, there, there is there is no Patrick Ewing out there. There is no Hakeem Elijah Olajuwon, Christian Leitner, whatever. So you know, it is just if you go if you are hot and you know, you know well, why you know why not um, why not them. Um, so yeah,
0: can can I just say that there was a time where I loved Lavin when he was at UCLA. I think they advanced the one year. I think they beat Cincinnati. I think it was when when Kenyon Martin was hurt. They kind of got you know a little bit of luck. And by the way, anyone that wants to point out that luck was part of this run, yeah, no shit. E- every run has a bit of luck to it. Okay, like e- you know, yes. when 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 people point that out, it's like they act like every champion that like really won it, like they had to play like you know eighteen one seeds in a row in the snow, you know, barefoot, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Walking, like,
2: walking uphill both ways.
0: Yeah, they're they're yeah. Look, you know, when uh when Yukon and Kemba went on that run, guess who they got? You know, they played DePaul, which is a nice little warm-up, okay? And then they got the Georgetownless, you know, no Chris Wright version. You know what I mean? So like everything has a little bit to it. And we've been on here talking, actually Marcus has been all four days. Thank you, Marcus. You know, we talked about, well, I really like to see Seton Hall instead of St. John's, uh you, you know, oh, I'd really like to see Creighton instead of UConn. That's just part of it. You know what I mean? Like, that that it that is – that that's just part of it. But anyway, getting back to Lavin, you know, I, I really wanted Rob Stone. So basically tonight I moved where I did my Zoom from, so I stayed in my basement so I could watch TV because Creighton was coming on first, and I just stayed down there. But, you know, Lavin picked the Hoyas. I, you know, I, I feel like Lavin gets a little bit of, I don't know, crap or whatever for not turning St. John's around. But he, yeah, I think he did okay there. But um, he sort of has that, and, and he was you know he, he got sick while he was there. But he sort of has a feel. Donnie Marshall is just like, oh yeah, Creighton by eleven. You're like, have you been watching this tournament? Like, if, if you told me Creighton won by like three, two, you know, four, like whatever, there was no way Georgetown was going to come out and lose by eleven. I really wanted them to just like hold his feet to the fire a little bit because you know I just feel like Donnie Marshall. I've never liked him. I didn't like when he played. I don't like him on TV. I just feel like he he feel like he has no feel for what's for what's going on. Um, by, by the way, like, yes,
2: i, mean, I mean, let's let's trash all the former uh, Big East people. So <laughs> with the with, with the win, be obvious beyond the obvious, they're going to the NCAA tournament, which is crazy. So they they can't finish below 500 now, which you know in the in the moment is irrelevant. But in terms of like, if we had said in the beginning of the year they're going to finish 500, you'd be like, well, sure. I mean, you know. <laughs> Take, take, take that, not to mention where they were, you know, just even a few weeks ago. Um, That's crazy. And when while Bobby was uh, ramped, uh, amped up here, I was sitting here looking something up. I brought this up yesterday, I think, or who knows when, but I think yesterday, that like, you know, if, if in the beginning of the year, Blair and or Pickett just struggled, like this team had no shot. Yeah. right so i was like watching like the uh, when i was looking at the box score during the game i'm like wait pickett hasn't even scored yet and like they're into like they're pretty deep into this game he didn't make a field he, goal he he finished with two points so going so going into this any game this year in which he had gone uh scored in single digits they won the first game against st johns in overtime then they lost their next four in the regular season uh they did beat marquette uh, and then they would be crazy. So to, to win two games in the Big East tournament, where he scores in single digits, impossible earlier in the year. And I'm pretty sure with only three rebounds to boot. So it's not like he was a factor on that end, even if he wasn't making shots. I think they were like 0 for three or 0 for four. Um, those are you know huge numbers. But like the point is, like they just had so many other people chipping in. Um, that that, and, that is like the big difference between where the where things were beginning of the year i mean the fact that dante harris was the mvp of the big east tournament what, what, what <laughs> imagine i told you that at any point prior to you know i, I don't know uh, yesterday even but just let a, or you know a week ago but at any point during the year i'd be like yeah oh okay was everybody else not playing or well, what's happening here but got, so, got better
0: yeah no so i asked this question after every game i find something in the in the box score that just makes absolutely no sense that it happened in georgetown one um, Marcus, I'll, this is the last one until the NCAA tournament. If I told you before the game that Malcolm Wilson, Timothy Ego F.A., and Jamarco Pickett would all score the same amount of points, what would you have put Georgetown's chances of winning?
1: At zero. Because <laughs> I would have thought they were down by so much that you had to play Malcolm Wilson, and I would have been like, oh, this must have been a disaster.
0: I mean, every game, there's something like this. Um, I think we've made it 10 minutes into this podcast already and not actually mentioned officially that. I think, Ben, you just did it. But Dante Harris was the most valuable player of the Big East Tournament. Dante Harris. I know that when he signed, it was out of nowhere. Um, I texted one of our friends who is an assistant coach kind of closer to that area. I had a Tennessee prep guy on to talk about him. You know, he was saying things like, "Well, pretty surprised." We were wondering if it was Georgetown College, which I think is like a D two school somewhere, maybe in South Carolina. Sorry, um, surprised it was Georgetown. But you know, maybe Patrick's trying to, you know, build something. He's one of those one of those late recruits. Are we all are we all in consensus that he should be the MVP? Because I think Marcus and I texted at one point. And maybe I'm just partial to Blair because I liked Blair a lot just the entire time he's been here. And particularly even last year when he wasn't playing because there was just so many guys in the rotation. I was like, this is a guy that's like a microwave off the bench. This is Vinny Johnson. You just get to get him in there. Even though I, I wouldn't argue heavily against Dante Harris, I just felt like the part of the game where Georgetown just knocked Creighton out. It happens because, well, a lot of things, but Blair was just making ridiculous shots jimmy jackson who i wish bill raftery had been on the call said something that i really really agreed with and it just said basically oh god i wrote it down i wrote it down he said there's just just, sorry sorry i got it he said there's just some guys you have to just let them shoot and deal with the consequences and like i said i wish raftery was on the call but that is perfect javon blair
2: yeah, if we did one of these things, which maybe we'll do over the course of the summer when we have, when, when you know, when you have a podcast time to fill, like if you said, like, I always like the idea of like constructing an all-time team, but do it within reality. In other words, like, you know, Reggie Williams can't be your ninth man, you know, like right. It has Je- to be someone if, that actually could play that role. Right, Javon Blair as the all-time sixth man Like, I mean, it's not like I, it's probably better options, or whatever. But like, it, he's in that conversation because he's. He's exactly what you want out of that spot the the yeah. guy who has you know the instant offense type uh a vibe he and he does bring that, and you know however they got to the point to decide that to bring him off the bench um <laughs> you know, it does it does make a lot of sense i mean it was impossible, like we said earlier in the year because they didn't have anybody else who could do anything
1: uh uh-huh. you know
2: c- consistently, but it does kind of make sense for kind of what what he does um you know you're gonna play him all in minutes anyway so yeah i I, per- I mean, i didn't you guys again were paying more attention to me i really thought blair was gonna win the mvp i yeah. guess i was slightly surprised that it was harris but you know sure
1: marcus well you know i had chosen harris to be the mvp so yeah. um i've just thought what he did over the last two nights with having to combine one turnover what he did defensively especially tonight along with grabbing eight rebounds tonight which is uh a feat for a kid uh like that in and of itself and, and we're having talked about what he did on offense so for me he was their most valuable player and, uh, and on defense it started with him the improvement started with him keeping his guy in front of him pushing his guy to help kind of executing what they wanted to do uh defensively also helped turn things around for this team so i i did i i like the fact that that he wanted i I agreed with the fact that he won it. And um, the one thing I will say is, you know, at times, I think everyone has been critical of, of viewing at, at some time or another. But the decision of bringing um, Blair off the bench and putting Belay in the starting lineup and those things, you know, I just feel like no, no matter what the reason is, and frankly, I don't know what the reason is, obviously, <laughs> for the Blair thing. But I do think he deserves credit for pushing the right buttons, he always says he coaches from his gut, and and, and he he's gotten this one's right.
0: Yeah, that's not a very fun answer to get sometimes, and I know particularly right. in twenty twenty one when everything is analytics, you know, basketball and baseball have just become such a, you know, it's just well the number says this, and it's like well you know there is some there is some value in having a feel and having an idea. I know that you know Moneyball's kind of kind of killed that but patrick definitely is that guy and you know i mean i guess i'll say it every night i think i said it again last night there was a time in the season where i thought the only positive to come out of it would be to get a lot of experience for the young guys and you know that did happen wahab is only a sophomore you you know uh, dante harris (laughs) now has three more seasons if he stays the whole time and doesn't go pro or something ridiculous. He's got three more years to try and match Patrick Ewing with uh, two tournament MVPs, which, you know, if if you get one as a freshman, you've got a decent chance at that. You know, but the fact that, you know, Sibley wasn't playing and Clark wasn't playing and some people saw Berger make a couple shots and were losing their mind over him. And the whole time Patrick was just like, I'm trying to win every game. And it was so hard to be on the other side of that computer and agree with him. It just was. Because you're thinking, you know, reinforcements are coming. We all know about the five stars and the matumbos and all this, that, and the other thing. And he was the one that saw them in practice every day. He is the one that did make a lot of changes, in my opinion, during the pandemic. And he never lost it. And I just think, I just can't believe that that happened, that I'm saying this, that we're talking about this. Um, can I complain? By the way, like yeah. to your
2: point about trying to win every, every game, I know Bobby loves it when I talk about the Washington football team. Um, but, but it kind of reminds <laughs> me of that because there was a point earlier in the year when they were terrible, had a bad record and everybody's thinking like, okay, we'll just lose the rest of the way. Then you're going to get a top five pick and get a quarterback. Cause you need one for the long haul. And Ron Rivera kept saying, you know, what we're going to keep playing and try to try to take advantage of this lousy division or whatever. Then they go on this run, win the division, make the playoffs. Um, the difference is that I wonder if Ron Rivera, in, in the big picture, would, would would like that that it happened in a sense because it kind of hosed them from a, a draft pick perspective, and now they may not get a quarterback easily. And versus with Georgetown, think about what this does. We have no idea what's going to happen next week, but think about this from a perception standpoint. If they don't if they don't go on this run and we go into the off season, was like well, okay. Wahab is sort of interesting and Harris played well but you know whatever now you're adding this freshman class to a to a to a returning group that has the Big East Finals MVP and Wahab had some really good moments uh you know down down the stretch here um, so like all of a sudden the perception of Georgetown is going to look so much different, whether that's, whether the reality is there, that's, you know, we won't know for months, but the, the perception is going to be massively different. And that's not, that's even before they go to the tournament and possibly make some more noise.
0: You know, when you're looking forward to a game as a sports fan, if you're just purely like, I just want the win. Right. So there's this build up to the game, you know, in a normal time that might involve, you know, pre-gaming or going out and all that stuff. And, Maybe some people are doing that already. I'm not. Okay. And plus we have a job to do, which is why it's Mountain Dew until post-pod. But once the game starts and your team gets ahead, you just want the game to end. You know what I mean? You know, because you're like, oh, no, I've seen this before. You know, Georgetown was up big on Marquette. They were up big on Villanova. And so there's this thing that you look forward to so much. And then when it's going the way that it's going – you know Georgetown ended the half on a thirty to five run. They're up uh, sixteen or eighteen at the half. Isn't that just kind of a weird relationship? Do you guys understand what I'm talking about, Marcus? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, it makes sense.
0: And Georgetown has a knack of doing this. Okay, so the last time they won a Big East tournament, 2007, they beat Pitt like sixty-five to forty-two. Okay. That's a game that's never gonna get played when they show classic games, right? You know what game they keep showing all the time? When Georgetown lost at the buzz- buzzer to West Virginia, I was there 2010 to Sean Butler. Okay. That game gets played all the time, right? Like, unfortunately, you know, Georgetown in this game, I think they went in a 46 to 8 run. That doesn't even make sense, man. Like that just yeah. just based on everything we know about three point shooting and just just I mean, that just doesn't even make sense. Creighton's one of the best teams in the country if you go to Ken Palm which is you know seems to be like the 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 standard that we all use so this game will never get watched again except when I burn it and put it on YouTube right like so Georgetown just you know every time oh you know last year when the world ended like oh let's show all these classic games guess what they showed we all know what they showed 82 85 you know they never show 84 that you know the one game in my well, there's a couple, but the one like really big game that elite eight game against North Carolina in 2007, I've seen that on Madsen a couple times. But you you know you're just not going to see that. Like what they did today was just a complete masterclass and just bullying, just coming out punching a team and they can't do anything. Am I wrong in that Georgetown just seems to do this? Like for such a good program, the the classics that we always see are just are just L's.
2: I love that Bobby is oh, no, advocating Bob. that Georgetown should have only won by one point.
0: No, but do you understand what I'm saying?
2: Yes, you're upset that Georgetown destroyed Creighton. That's no, I'm upset
0: about. that we're never going to get to see it again. They're going to run That's
2: what I'm saying. You would prefer it coming out of the buzzer instead. Yeah, you've won by a
1: hundred, and therefore <laughs> it's just going to go away. I get it. <laughs> I understand what you're saying, and you can you can make the same comparison to. Uh, u n l v no one shows anything from u n l v ninety yeah but you'll you'll see u n l v ninety one losing to duke uh one point five million times so no, I understand that's true that's true.
0: i want to let you guys know that the big East championship hats are already sold out. I'm really pissed about it
1: oh my goodness,
0: <laughs> how many of the
2: casual who buy
0: I don't know oh did, did you, you guys ca- see
2: yeah, Did you guys got see that? Casual Hoya, got to mention on the post game.
0: Yeah, it, it was yes. it, a casual Hoya tweet took up the 65 inches of my TV in the basement. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, all right, Bobby, let's put this out into the universe. Yeah, it, you, you've got to go. You, you've got some big preps to do. I don't know how many podcasts you're planning on doing before Georgetown's next game. Who, who, what, what, what's who's the guest you want on on the podcast? Not, you know. Not, we don't mean me, me the locals here, like like me and Marcus. I mean, like, the the guests. Like, who 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 do you want on this podcast to come and talk about Georgetown?
0: Who, like, if everything was was equal, I could just yeah, whatever, get somebody? Yeah, whatever. Go for
2: it. Put, put it out to the universe. We, we, we're, we're living in a world now where they're actually going to play the NCAA tournament, so you might as well just go nuts and throw it out there.
0: I want to talk to Jeff Van Gundy.
2: Really? That's your answer? Jeff Van Gundy? Okay.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about Patrick going to Jeff Van Gundy.
2: Okay. All right, Universe. Do 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 your thing, Jeff Van Gundy. He should be he should be pretty easy
0: to get. I mean who who do you want to talk to?
2: Oh, I don't know. I might have gone like a Londa morning, but uh sure, go Jeff Van Gundy, why not? Yeah.
0: I mean if that, I mean I wanna get I wanna get Iverson if if for going Oh like well that. yes, yes, there you go. That's yeah. even better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Alonzo. That's what I thought
1: the, you were going to say. Well. <laughs>
2: right. I, I, I mean, it is. Iverson would be the obvious answer. I just yeah, but then I don't know what universe, how many
0: things would have to happen for that to happen. But I mean, you the imagine most, like the,
2: the chain of events that would have to occur for that to happen? That'd be amazing.
0: It would be amazing. I mean, if I just go to MGM, I might catch up with them. I've seen them there before. Oh boy. Oh. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think honestly, you know, it'd be great to have, to have Chris back on, you know, maybe someone that's played for Patrick, that's been at Georgetown, um, you know, Jagan, Jesse, I mean, just, you know, someone maybe that was part of this, you know, if Ewing keeps talking about steps, um, how,
2: do you think it's possible to get casual Hoya on or is that like even more complicated than Iverson?
0: I don't know what his deal is, man. Like, I have no idea. I mean, we, you know, not, we text. He may not
2: sober up by the time by the by the next time you do a podcast. Though, so,
0: I think he's, I think he's got three kids, and there's just a lot going on there. I I can totally see that. I got the one, the one on the way. Um, yeah, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's a busy guy. How petty do we want to get?
2: Oh, I was waiting for you to mention Syracuse.
0: No. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, Mac.
2: Okay, what do you
0: got? I've got a tweet that's that's hitting pretty well for me with about 450 likes. Um, I just said, you know, a lot of kids transferred. The ones that stayed are going to hang a banner. That's,
1: no, I think that's fair. I think that's 100% fair. Because, you know, they walked out the door, and and I don't begrudge them for that. And that no, no. I can't I, say I, that I didn't hell. even name names. I don't begrudge them enough, but it has to be something satisfying. If I'm one of the seniors who stayed through all of this, yeah. oh, you daggone right. I am going to enjoy every bit of this. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, t- to to that end, I I don't know what, what is – I don't even know what the deal – what is Texas Tech and Arizona's deal? Are they like – I think, think I are, assume, on probation. Oh, so they're – okay, right. So Texas Tech, what's their deal? Are they like uh, – uh, in terms of like a possible seed are they like uh like could they be a four seed against a thirteen seed is what I'm saying. No,
0: they haven't had that good of a season. Actually I, I went to their page the other day on Ken Palm. They pull it up again. So they went seventeen and ten. But in this year of the pandemic and the weird schedules, they played one, two, three, four Five schools in the 300 range, so their actual records kind of like 12 and 10. Kind of like 12 and 10. Um uh, they went nine and eight in the big 12, they lost in the quarterfinals at the buzzer. Well, right at the end of Texas, I, I think, like, I feel like they're about like a seven seed, so no, there's they're not that they're not going to have that kind of matchup. Uh, the Syracuse thing I think would be great. From a rivalry standpoint, um, you know, but I don't think you're ever going to be able to kind of prove it. You know what I mean?
1: Lenardi hasn't updated his uh, bracketology uh, since like 321 this morning, but (laughs) uh, they had Texas Tech at a five. Oh, okay. Against Wichita State. But again, things have happened today. So, you know, there could be some shifting on maybe who they play.
0: Do you think there's going to be a virtual event tomorrow?
1: Oh God, I I don't even know
2: what what what's uh, possible, logical, what 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 they can do. Um, boy, yeah, the, going to those events does feel like a thousand years ago at this
0: point. Um, as does most. The things. one time, dude, the one time that that sticks in my head was when they had Nerlens Noel at, at a at a one of them. <laughs> right. And I was like, Oh my uh, God, Nerlens Noel is coming here. This is incredible.
2: Um. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine something could happen on campus for the for the students or something, or who knows, but uh, or or yeah. you know, fancy alumni like, uh, you know. But uh, but sure. Um,
0: I was just trying to like just trying to take it back to what it was like. I don't know if you saw my tweet, but I said the last time George Chan won a Big East tournament title, I didn't have a smartphone or an HD TV. Wow. Um, what year was that? Two thousand seven. I remember I got my um. I have two TVs in my basement. One of them still works. I don't know how it does. It's like a 42 inch. It was my main TV for years and years. And I remember I got that in 2008 when circuit city was going out of business. I was like, all right, I guess I'll get an HD TV. It seems like it's not a fad. (laughs) And I think to
2: that point, I was working in a different industry at that point. So yeah,
0: there you go. Um, and then I know that people have pointed out before on the casual blog that uh, the iPhones came out. I think like just around the time of the Final Four that year. No, I've I've never had an iPhone. I've always been been an Android Sam- Samsung guy, which I stand behind. But uh, so I wasn't one of the first people to get a smartphone. I know that. Like so, I'm positive I didn't have one then. So it just it just kind of I sort of like those things. Like I'm not usually a big fan of like oh on your birthday this is how much bread cost. I don't, I don't really know how much bread costs today. I just go and I get it. It costs what it costs, you know? But like, I do find it interesting to get those historical markers of, did you have this? Was this technology alive? Like, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, you know, and it'll be great to stop saying things like the last time Georgetown did this was, it? Like, I hate writing that. I hate it. <laughs> anything we're missing? Is there is there anything we're...
1: Uh... Well, after they won it. um Okay. On oh, Fox, they were saying that they had projected uh, Georgetown maybe to be a 13, and if you looked at the current fours for that 4-13 matchup that's being projected by Lenardi, it is Virginia, Purdue, um, Virginia, Purdue, Florida State, and West Virginia. So obviously, Florida State can can move up depending on what happens with them in Georgia Tech. And I'll be honest, I have not checked back. With that game,
0: I don't really like um, any of those matchups. Actually, would the NCAA
1: committee put George open up Georgetown with UVA?
0: I wouldn't mind that actually.
1: Not bad, not bad. I
0: don't I know, wouldn't it's...
1: mind seeing them play Florida State. To be honest with you,
0: I you know I'm I'm going to be honest. When the team that I follow is not in the mix, I lose my interest. I'm not going to lie. Like, literally, if Georgetown wasn't in the tournament, I would have just watched a little bit. I'm not, I mean, that's just, that's just how I am. Like, it's the same for every sport. Like, I'm, that's just, you know, Um, I don't watch Champions League soccer anymore because Arsenal's not in it. Like, I just, I just don't care. That's fine. You know, Uh, usually, like, the first day is kind of like a big day between me and some of my friends. And in non COVID times, we would get together and just watch the hell out of games to that point, I don't really watch, I don't, I don't digest college basketball like I did for years when Georgetown was a program that was ranked all the time. And, you know, you're like, Oh, well, they're, you know, they're, they're 12, but Purdue's 10. So if they lose tonight, they can move up. You know what I mean? So if I don't have that connection, I sort of just check out like, okay, I watch the big East. Okay. That's it. So I kind of know about UVA just because we live in that, you know, general area and they won the national championship. And we know about the way Bennett plays and all that stuff, but you know, I have an idea for what Florida State might look like. I have an idea for West Virginia because Georgetown played them this year, and they're kind of local-ish, and, you know, they're in the Big East for years. Huggins is still there. But I don't – you know, like if you told me Colorado, I don't know what the hell – I don't know anything about them. <laughs> ben, can you can you break down the Buffalo's um, offense right now? Uh, I can break down Buffalo's
2: offense. We're talking about Josh Allen other than that i got i got nothing uh i, I got nothing for you look at least at least you, you you know you you know where the you know where the event's going to be this year you don't have to like wonder like oh are they going to be playing in like spokane or or uh you know some whatever north carolina site that would be up by the way how how <laughs> i mean we talk about like all the things imagine imagine a world i tell you where, where georgetown's in the tournament but duke isn't
0: well how about the fact that georgetown gets to, like I said, if there's some sort of, like, sports karma thing going on, now Georgetown gets to be the team with a double digit by its name and do some damage, right? Like, they get to be that team. Like, that was the whole problem the last, you know, administration basketball-wise, right? Like, they would lose to those teams. Now they're going to be one.
1: And they're going to be one with with a veteran team, albeit not a team that has been to the NCAA tournament. But, again, I, I reference back to what Ben said early on here. This this year has been so unconventional that to have um to have some veterans on this team and to go into the tournament where literally there should be no expectations or upsets because we, we really don't know. Uh because of everything. Georgetown, I'm telling you, I'm not where Steve Lavin is and saying that, you know, they could match up well against Gonzaga, but I will say with a veteran team that's motivated to defend and the ability to throw the ball inside, no matter what I think of Wahab in double-team. This might just be one of those throwback years where a team that is constructed like that gets to the second weekend and and, and does something.
2: And, And by the way, like, obviously we have no idea what the opponent is gonna be, so projecting anything is preposterous. But, like, you know, if we're going to play sort of this game a little bit, like this is an actually interesting moment for Patrick Ewing because this is his first – I mean, yes, he has been in the Big East tournament, but this is his first um, NCAA tournament, right? I mean, and, uh, you know, I mean, not to say he can't do it. Obviously, I'm not going to suggest anything like that after what we just witnessed. But at the same point, like, you know, when when I said that the, the – um, that I don't, I'm not going to – I'm not going to personally view too many upsets here because of the – the, where the sport is but this is where the coaches i think are going to come into a big play i tell you who i like don't want to play in round one is whoever rick patina is iona they're not, Bettina, they're not playing them like, what,
0: what's that they're not going to play them
2: no no i yeah right i i that one yeah i'm just saying like the the coaches are the ones i think are going to make the bigger di- i mean coaches always make a big difference in this particular sport but i almost feel like this year on some level even more because there's so it's so weird i mean the whole situation—they're all going to—I mean—to to one place more or less. Um, you know, the, the whole situation is is going to be interesting. So the coaches, I think, is is going to make a big difference, and that's where it'll be to see for Ewing. And and by the way, like to that end, you talked about the guys transferring. You know, last year, as we know, even after all those guys left the first wave, they kept winning inexplicably, and were you know were poised to have a a pretty good year when McClung got hurt and then year seven got hurt, and it all kind of fell apart. Um. So this is two years in a row that Ewing, from a coaching perspective, has shown something. There are still, look, I mean, I'm not gonna rain on the parade. There's still some aspects of the organ of, of of how he runs the program that I'm always like, eh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we, finally, uh,
0: we finally made it to this part of Kentay Corner, everybody.
2: No, there's no, there's no point. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm but just from the kidding. coaching perspective, he's done well the last two years. You know, even when short So that's what'll be interesting to see with the tournament. Like, you know, it, it, it's like. You, you said like he he plays um or you know he, he he kept saying he's coaching for this to win that next game. Well, now the, the what becomes interesting is you're really coaching against the opponent. It isn't just about what you're trying to do. Now you really have to game plan for that team and how is that gonna you know how is he gonna be able to do that? A new teams on the fly, um, that that'll be an interesting to see.
1: Well, I think a large part of that is going to also be his staff and does he have the right bench? And I, I think that gets underplayed in the NCAA tournament. The, a lot of it is the staff do such a great job in a short turnaround. And does Georgetown have that staff to be able to do that?
0: I'm not gonna name names, but someone sent me a text that they put fifty bucks on Georgetown to win the Big East tournament. It turned into like four thousand. But they they sent me it the betting
1: white.
2: <laughs> Well, I hope what?
0: fine. Why don't I do that every year? Why? Why? Why wouldn't I? I mean, I think over time. I mean, God,
2: you still you you might still be in the hole at this point, but you think so? No. Well, well I, I I think I think again, Bobby. I think you've done a great job. People should be happy. I'm um, I'm excited to see what you have to do next. I think you need to, you know, get off the podcast and go start studying 67 other teams just in case.
0: Huh. Yeah, no, I think we're going to – we'll talk a little brackets at some point. It, you know, it's fun. Like I said, I, I really was just focused on the Big East tournament, and to me, getting past Villanova that was sitting there very vulnerable, I thought would just be a great way to end the season. And uh, the fact that they did what they did, I know that everyone's focused on the NCAA tournament, and I totally get that. And when when the program gets to a better spot – that will be the focus. I mean, we've seen a lot of Big East tournament champions between winning it on Saturday and then playing it on Thursday. It's like, wait, where was the team that was in New York? Right. Like that's happened. It happens in every league. That's not. But. I think the Big East tournament is a bigger deal. I know that people disagree. NCAA is obviously that's how you're going to get judged for better or worse. We've seen it. You know, we've seen it. But. I thought this team was just you know everything was gravy coming into the Big East tournament. The fact that they had figured it out post pause. Um, I don't know. I just think that the NSA tournament to me doesn't even seem real until I guess we see a bracket, and then I'm sure I'll be I'll be all in. But man, just getting that Big East tournament was such a such a big deal. I can't I can't stress that enough. I mean, I'm seeing I mean, if,
2: if they, they could lose the next game by 50 points, but they won the Big East tournament. There will be a banner going up. And we, you know, like you said, you no longer have to be like it's been X amount of years since they did this thing, um, you know. So um, yeah, so at a minimum, they are the Big East tournament champions, and you know, big, it's a big effing deal for where these things were. I mean, look, we spent most of this year whining about what was going on here, and I think we just, with justification. So the fact that now it's gone this way is a massive turnaround, to say the least. Kudos to everybody involved, and uh, you can't at least I can't take that
1: away. So there you go. Oh. Oh. no i i like the fact that you know over the last couple of days that ewan has reminded people that they were picked last in the in the big east and and, and frankly i probably would have been the same way you know i don't i don't know uh a line to to be petty when it comes to stuff like that so i probably would have been the same way like you know Sitting in this room are the same guys who said that we were sitting we would end up last.
0: <laughs> and
1: so no, I would have mentioned it probably also.
0: It'd be hard not to. Just by the way, I know they started doing this a while ago, but how cool is it when they show the lineups before the game and you know they went with hypnotize for Georgetown? You're just like, man, this is this is an event. Yeah. Did, did they do that I for other not. stuff? Did they do that for the ACC? If they did, I didn't see it. Looks like
2: Georgia Tech won. Oh boy, what a world! Josh Pastner is good now. My lord.
0: Well, they didn't even have to play in the semis. Oh. Right? Uh, well,
2: you know, they played the team that apparently people think Duke was too afraid to play and faked the the uh positive test. I don't. I'm just kidding. But that's a, that's what people have said that to me. I'm like, get out of here.
0: Um, it looks like what... that game's not over. Uh, it's seventy-one sixty-six. Uh, under a minute left. So. Oh boy, great. Now, 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 now we're doing fake news here. Well, I saw somebody, hey, hey, man, I saw somebody tweet that, you know, Georgetown was 75 to one and Georgia Tech was 25 to one. So if you had done, if you'd parlayed, whatever.
2: What, uh, what time is the bracket show tomorrow? Six. Six.
0: (sighs) Well, Well, guys, we did it. We had a successful podcast run during the Big East tournament. You know, the guys made it hard on us, really, you know, pushing us to go as far as we could ever go. And uh, we came out better for it. That's right.
2: You guys did the heavy lift. I appreciate you letting me, uh, you know, jump onto the momentum that you built up over the last two days. I appreciate that.
0: (laughs) Um, You can get at Ben, at Ben Stanek. He has his own podcast. I'm sure is highly regarded in the Washington football and Washington Wizards um, sector of the internet Um, at MTC with MOOC. Marcus is all over there covering college basketball from every angle on Instagram, Twitter, he will probably respond to you, um, especially if it's about the Raiders. But uh, (laughs) um, guys, I want to thank you so much. And I know we'll be doing this again very, very soon.